Hello everyone, this is Federica from PopDot. To the new listeners who don't know us yet, we are a diverse team building and intelligent vibrator that learns what you like from how you use it. And this is our podcast where we talk to people about their experiences or research. And today we're meeting Emily, who runs her own business as a webcam model and by selling her used underwear. So Emily, what is the normal reaction you get when you share your your other business, your side business with people you meet? Um, what is the reaction you get from them? I mean, it really does depend on the person. Uh, for instance, if I'm on a date with a guy, um, if I've chosen the date really well, like I've chosen him and selected him really nicely, then he'll be fine. And he'll be like, oh, that's so interesting. You know, that's, you have kind of your own business and um, stuff like that. But sometimes they get really funny about it. And um, I've been told that I'm cheapening myself uh, a lot, which I really, really don't like because it kind of, it's almost like they're putting a price on a woman, which I think is a really strange concept to put a price on another person. Because you can't cheapen something that doesn't have, a financial price it's yeah okay, <laughs> you're okay. shaking your head really badly <laughs> yeah 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 of course not <laughs> okay but this is actually interesting how do you feel that it's it's cheapening you what what the what what is the what is your reaction to this and what do you usually say to them when they then they say that to you i just i don't feel like it's cheapening me at all i think that's a really awful thing to say because yeah. you can't put a price on a person mm. you can't put a price on you know, human interaction. You can't put a price on love. You know, a few years ago, or more than a few years ago, the kind of biggest gift a man could give a, a woman could give a man would be her virginity and her virtue. And I think that's such a dated, sexist comment. Mm-hmm. It's just awful. And I think you know, it's still there today. Um, you know, maybe a lot more people are having sex before marriage, but when when it's in a committed relationship, people don't bat an eye. But if I have sex with everyone all the time, which would be exhausting, <laughs> obviously. Um, but, you know, people would have something to say about it when it's not really their business. So it just, no, it doesn't sit right with me. I think I left the date after the guy said I was cheapening myself. Okay, so you moved on to a new, a new one. I moved on to a yeah, new one. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you. <laughs> and repeat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> okay, so what other people would you tell this to when shared this with? Um, when I have kind of friends that I'm seeing on the regular and, you know, I'm going to places with, so for instance, uh, if somebody wants me to wear a pair of pants and take them to the beach with me, um, if I have friends on the beach, I kind of have to tell them why I'm rubbing my groin against the sand, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you maybe I've just explained that. <laughs> when I'm rubbing my groin against the sand and taking pictures of it, yeah. they get a little bit of weird. <laughs> You've got to clarify some details for okay. them. Okay. Um, and they normally just take it with a pinch of salt because it's not the weirdest thing they've ever heard. And that's kind of how I pick my friends. Okay, yeah. so people who are not completely, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, think that it's the weirdest thing in the world, but kind of like exa- accept that this is this is fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I tend to pick my friends from a lot of different places. Um so they're used to a lot of different things. Um, I think I have very few straight friends at the moment, particularly mm-hmm. in the city. Mm-hmm. So all of my friends are on every kind of spectrum imaginable. And it's great because it's so much fun and it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, That's they just a- don't care. Yeah. So 
what is your your sense of normality and and, and also in this doing this business like uh, do you meet a lot of other people who also do it and and is it like on the rise you know this kind of um women taking control over their own sexuality and also making a, a business out of it or how do you see the, the trends in this in this field i mean i think it would be unfair to say it's on the rise uh it's just in recent years maybe it's more accessible and publicized because there's always been whorehouses and stuff like that you've always I'm sure someone somewhere had dirty portraits commissioned and were selling them you know it's I'm sure it was very common um it's just the way that sexuality is now interacting with the world is different so for instance when I was doing the webcamming I used to kind of make a parallel with the webcamming and uh, being a geisha in Japan because it's not all about the sex it's about the experience So, for instance, um, if you want something quick and easy, you just look at a video, right? But if you want to spend an evening and if you want kind of like a nice chat and to be bantered with and teased with, then webcamming is really, really good for that. And when I was doing um, (laughs) market research, I guess you'd call it, (laughs) I had a really great time Mm -hmm. because it was just really nice. It was like being on a really good date. Yeah, and I think that's why it's kind of quite successful for people because people return back to that, which is really good. And I had a lot of fun when I was on it, but it just a big time commitment and physically very exhausting. Mm, I can imagine. <laughs> okay, super exciting. If you then like take a broader uh, scope from society, how do you do you uh, your um, situation and your position? in terms of societal trends today i mean you as a the young generation coming out and you know really putting your foot down and saying this is this is my this is me this is who i am and i'm proud of myself what is the reaction from society today how do you feel that do you feel that in any way you and, mean when i say this is who i am and this is what my nipples look like kind yeah, of thing. yeah yeah <laughs> that kind of thing exactly um i mean i live in a i think The way we interact with the internet and people and social media, we kind of surround ourselves in an echo chamber a lot. Uh, Are you familiar with that term? I guess you would be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, I probably haven't really got a good scope on what's actually happening. But for me, it's it's all been positive. You know, people are like, yeah, you do you, girl. (laughs) You live your life the way you want to live your life. Um, But, I mean, that's obviously in that very safe space. Um, If, I mean, I wasn't really in so much of a safe space in terms of people agreeing with that sentiment. Um, When I was doing the webcamming, when I was doing it during the day, which was a little bit interesting. Um, Because people who are free during the day, because I had geographical blocks on places... So, um, for instance, my my county where I was living, I had a geographical block there. Um, If I had a lot of family in one area, so I had a lot of family in Manchester, and I was like, no, I don't want to see Uncle Terry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really awkward family reunion. Or um, I'd often have a geographical block on places that were in different time zones because of how people would reach kind of act with me when they were by themselves during the day because mm-hmm. 
I don't want to be generalized. <laughs> um, but if you're at work during the day, it means that you've not always, of course, um, it means that you've got a normal office hour job. And those jobs, not always, <laughs> mm-hmm. tend to be um, something where you're earning a decent wage and maybe you've had an education to get there. Mm-hmm. So um, there are certain barriers that you would cross through to have a job like this. Um, but if a guy is working as a bouncer in a nightclub, he won't be having this. Or if they're working in McDonald's or like a retail store or something, then because they haven't gone through those barriers, it kind of doesn't weed out. <sighs> um, okay. Yeah. So this was your way of, of making the, the not a random selection, but maybe avo- avoiding. It was a random selection. Ra- it was a very carefully exactly. thought out selection yeah. because I wanted to weed out potential mm. problems. Mm. Um, so yeah, went the geographical block. I'd have places like Russia and places mm. in uh, the US or mm. something. So by that, you did your own little risk analysis of what could actually... I did a risk analysis. Yeah, yeah I like that. Clever, yeah. clever girl. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to learn pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what you do in life. You learn uh, You learn really hard. You have to yeah. in life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have to make a couple of mistakes. Yeah. We all do. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Since we are constructing this vibrator, mm-hmm. obviously this is a very uh, interesting um, uh, topic to talk about. So um, do you have any experience with vibrators yourself and are you willing to share some of that? Like <laughs> it could be good and bad, but also... I mean, a gal doesn't spend a few years on a webcam without using a vibrator. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got more experience with kind of realistic dildos mm-hmm. uh, because that's what people want to see mm-hmm. uh, it's the kind of closest thing you can get to a pov i guess mm-hmm. um but you know in my personal life i've got a lot of experience with uh like wand vibrators or um i can't remember what the generic name is but like uh the like suction cup ones like the satisfier or the womanizer or something like that yeah a lot of experience with those i really That's a like popular those. one i think they're really popular yeah. right now yeah yeah okay and which one was your your favorite one, if if I may ask that? Um, I really love something. <laughs> I like it to be versatile. So when mm-hmm. I buy a product, I don't just want it to be one thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, wands, you can do a lot of different things with wands, and you can buy like uh, like mounts for them, mm-hmm. which are really really good mm-hmm. because I think a hands free experience is something very special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so if you actually had a vibrator that wouldn't require you to use your hands that much, it would be... It would be the best. Yeah, it would be, be the, the best. bomb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And have, how close have you been to finding that product yet? <sighs> I mean, you can get uh, like butt plugs that you can control through your phone, but they're a little bit expensive and they're often not great. I've had mm. two of them and they've just like not worked very okay. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's also kind of fiddling around with your phone. Ideally, um, it would be something like a hand pump to use. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the best one. So not a phone. Yeah. Because um, you don't really want your phone in the... No, you can't, it kind of sets the mm. sets the mood down though, doesn't it? Yeah. But I mean, also with a hand pump, you can use like your foot or something. So you've still got your hands, which is really, really important to me. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Okay, so Emily, uh, if we return back to the, your, your, your work and your business, um, what are the main narratives you meet when you talk to people about it? I have to defend from the point of view where, like, I'm not a victim. Like, I'm doing it for my... I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it as a choice. You know, I've not got a pimp standing behind me, you know, making sure I do a few laps in a pair of pants, you know? (laughs) Like, it's... You know, I do it, and when I make clip videos, I edit them, and, like, it's... It all comes from me. So I don't see myself as a victim. I also don't see myself as someone who's being exploited in any way. Um, Although I think it is very easy to be exploited in the sex industry um, when it comes to things like trafficking or I would say even escorting as well. I've heard some pretty horrible stories about that. But, I mean, everything has a flip side, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So the internet's a really nice, wonderful place uh, and it can be a really nice, wonderful place for sex workers But it can also not. It depends on kind of which roads you're walking down and the kind of privileges that you have in your life. Um, So, for instance, I had a conversation with my sister about it and she really, really hates it. Uh, She's very... She's very feminist and she's not afraid of it, but she sees just sex work as kind of... She just tars it as the same brush as she tars things like rape and trafficking. Like, she sees it's a completely exploitative and that I'm doing this for the man, you know. This is really interesting. Which is a really strange concept, isn't it? But I'm yeah. doing it for the man. Yeah, because when you talk about it, I understand you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. And, and so in that way, I think the feminist uh, idea is actually very judgmental in this case. Like... It can be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you have to kind of you know defend that? How do you how do when you meet when you meet feminists and maybe out there there would be listeners listening to this now and say oh but I I agree I also think it's you know you're doing this for the man like what were you what would you say to them like what is your re- reply to this? I mean, when you paint a picture, do you paint it because you want someone else to see it? Do you paint it because you want someone else to buy it, or do you paint it for you? You know, um, for me. I only do things that I want to do. So, for instance, right now, um, like, pee fetishes are really, really, really in right now. Um, Just like Blood Play was a few years ago, and I'm just not into it. So I don't do it, even though I could make a little bit more money about it. (laughs) But I just, I feel like it would be fake. I feel like it wouldn't be me being authentic to myself. Mm. And I just have no interest in it. It's just not for me. And I think if I was being exploited, then I would feel more like things aren't for me and that I'm not being authentic to myself. But when I have that kind of anchor, I know that it's fine and that I'm doing the right thing and it's I'm not worried about it. Okay, so, you, so your idea of you being um, a feminist and standing up for yourself is just by saying yes to the things you can actually see yourself doing and then saying no to the things you you don't feel like is authentic and not in line with your values in that sense I mean I I don't like to talk about 
things in terms of it being feminist or it being not feminist. It's all about how feminist it is. Because you can look at an object from any point of view and argue that it is or isn't feminist. Like, it's just... It's just a waste of everyone's time, I think, if we use things like that. Um, so, to me, the kind of sex work that I do is very feminist for me. Um, and I can understand. I can, I completely understand that not every woman is comfortable with that, not every woman is morally comfortable with that. Um, but I'm probably not morally comfortable with several things that you do in the boardroom, <laughs> you know, the clients that you represent or whatever. Mm. So it's, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Okay, and what about the, the industry then, your, if you can call it your, your colleagues or the people you, you meet in the industry? My is peers. Like, your yeah. peers, like... Uh, like who are they and and what are their what is do you, can you maybe talk about their point um, of views? So when it comes to sex work, I find that we're still using labels because obviously you've got to you've got to type something into the search bar to see what you want. It's the same with buying a pair of shoes, you know. So um, there are words that you can use with porn that you shouldn't really use anywhere else. So, for instance, um, I've had some correspondence with a trans woman and everything, all of her little clips are tagged, kind of things like she male and stuff like that, which is something you'd never say to someone on the street and you should never say to someone on the street. But people need a way of finding you. Um, um, my kind of, the place I fit in as a plus size woman with tattoos is kind of that like shaven head, uh, leather jacket, kind of loud riot girls almost. Like that's the kind of, um, the kind of hashtags I'm using to get my videos seen by people who will want to watch the content I create almost. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> super cool. <laughs> I like, I like that, uh, that which is why I did really yeah. well in Berlin <laughs> yeah I could imagine yeah. <laughs> oh my god okay uh, so um, and what are your like returning to your peers again here like are there many women in this industry or are there also men and how does it actually is it like very divided or is it actually being much more merged or so I'm not an avid consumer I've done some market research but obviously I don't know the ins and outs of you know, buying videos or pant sales or entering those private chat rooms and stuff. But from what I can see, uh, most of the people I correspond with are female. Um, and interestingly enough, I think it's really common for people who uh, have mental illnesses to do. And I think it's mainly because they can't always go out to a job because they have anxiety or the BPD's acting up or something like that so they kind of when they can work they work a lot and then they don't and they recover for a while I found that's actually really really common um over the past few years I think because kind of people who have grown up with not just like the, the term millennial You know, mm -hmm. these millennial women who have kind of grown up with knowing that they're not as healthy as everyone else, whether people 10 years ago would have just struggled on. Mm. They're kind of finding that there are different options to make their lives easier. And so they're doing things like webcamming and pant sales and stuff, mm -hmm. which 
I think is actually really good because it gives them their own kind of what's the word empowerment no like authority <laughs> mm. it kind of gives them their own kind of stream of income and and th- a lot of them are American actually like it's a really big thing to do in America if you've got uh, mental illness because I don't think their welfare systems are great mm. so I think it's a lot of something people do there okay so it, in the US it's a way of surviving and, yeah um, it is it really is a way of surviving in the US yeah yeah so, and that's interesting because in Denmark, it's, we don't really, you know, need surviving in the same extent. So, <laughs> you so, are so lucky in Denmark. Yeah. So, I don't think Danish people realize. No, I don't think we realize either. So, so, but this is interesting. So it's actually, I mean, this is very, you know, cut black and white, but so for instance, if you do it in Denmark, it's more out of, of like you find, you find it funny. It's more like liberating while, yeah. while elsewhere it's more out of a need maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I started doing it out of a need uh, because where I was living, it was very common to pay below minimum wage just because everyone was doing it, you know, and I had a few jobs and I wasn't really making enough money to live the lifestyle that I wanted. Um, So that's why I started doing it because it was something I could do whenever I needed to. Um, obviously you make more money if you're regular because people can count on that but you can still um, kind of do it in bursts and it still more or less financially works out (laughs) but yeah that's why I started doing it Um, but now coming to Denmark I just do it because I like it 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 just makes me feel dirty it's nice (laughs) (laughs) super super okay so Emily um Can you, do you have a a message for all the listeners out there who are probably super curious and have a lot of opinions about you probably? Do you have a message to them and, and, or like a, a, something you want to share with them? (laughs) (laughs) I feel so awkward. I can barely think. Um, You know, when I'm doing webcamming and I'm being recorded or doing my clips or something, I feel much less naked when I'm naked than what I do right now. <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe we could talk about that, how empowering it is to be naked and comfortable with your own body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because right now, like, I'm fidgeting, you know, I'm spinning the mug around because I'm kind of being vulnerable in a way that isn't always happening to me. But I've just gotten so used to being naked and being kind of sexually vulnerable, if that makes sense. I don't even really want to say sexually vulnerable because I don't feel vulnerable at all. It's just that kind of, you know, you just take your clothes off. It's <laughs> like I could just take my clothes off and it's fine. Um, Do you feel accepted? Yeah, um, I feel that I accept myself mm-hmm. as well. When I started doing uh, the pictures, I would spend hours and I mean hours like kind of putting my posture right having the angle slightly there so you'd miss that little bit of arm fat I don't like and then my (laughs) pants would slide down a little bit and not look so good and then I'd have to pull them up Mm. and like nobody really cares about that like only you care about that like only you care if your bra is see-through through your shirt like people aren't gonna stop you on the street and tell you stuff and you know no guy no man or woman is gonna look at their naked partner and be like oh 
They didn't. They missed a little spot when they were shaving. <laughs> like no one's gonna do that. Like nobody does that, mm. especially if it's a new partner. I think people are really, really worried with kind of shaving their legs. And I've got a friend who, every time she goes on a date, she makes sure she rubs fake tan like everywhere. And it's like, what's the point? It's gonna be dark. No one's gonna care. You take your clothes off and he's just going to be thinking, boobs, there are boobs in front of me. There are boobs in front of me. It's like he's not going to look at you and critique you. Like, that's not how it works. And if it is how it works, you should just pack up your things and get an Uber home. Like, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, I think people should be... um, I think it's really important um, that people understand that sexuality comes from a place of self. And... In order to kind of reap the benefits of that, you need to be comfortable with yourself. Like, not only who you are, how you make money, for instance, you've got to be comfortable with that. You've got to be comfortable with the way you look like. Um, And I I couldn't imagine being happy without being comfortable with those things. I mean, the kind of extra lengths that I used to go to to impress people, it's astounding to me now. You know, it's particularly when I was a teenager... You know, when I was kind of 13, 14, and, you know, you'd you plan on kissing a guy. So you do your teeth, like, ten times, right? You brush them ten times, mm-hmm. you floss. Mm-hmm. You put, like, cherry lip gloss on, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't even kiss them because you'd be so uptight about it. It was just... And, you know, when you're planning on going to a party... And you're single and you're thinking, oh, maybe this guy will be there. I should shave every single part of my legs. I should put fake tan on everything. And you just spend hours of your life just kind of prepping yourself for something that's going to last for about 10 minutes. And it's probably not going to be that great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody, I can't imagine anybody Mm. ever kind of having a drunken fondle and then thinking... But it would have been so much better if I'd just shaved that last patch of my armpit hair. Mm. <laughs> like, it's just... I totally agree. Yeah, I think a lot of women can relate to that. How many hours and hours spent in front of the mirror just for doing yeah. something that and, other know, people don't even notice. orgasm faces in the mirror as well. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became fun. But like <laughs> before, before it wasn't fun. Yeah. And you know, that was before I was doing the sex work. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, I think when I was doing that, I've never felt more exploited than when I was trying to practice how to fake enjoying sex. Mm. Yeah. That was exploitation for Yeah, it you. was exploitation for me. It was only yeah. me in the room, mm-hmm. but I still felt very exploited. Mm-hmm. I felt very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it wasn't good. But I felt like I had to do that, mm-hmm. you know, because... But why? Oh, because the boys... The boys. The boys. <laughs> they just expect one thing, don't they? Mm. Um, if you're not choosing the right kind of guy, mm-hmm. and there are many reasons why that could be, um, personally, because it was like, I was living in a small village at the time, and there was only like four men. <laughs> uh, and they're not always the right guy. But they, you kind of put this pressure on yourself that they're going to... You kind of have to perform. People learn sex by watching porn a lot of the time. Because you, although you may have sex ed in school, you don't go to formal lessons uh, where you kind of practice the theory of cunnilingus and stuff like that. Like, um, unless you're kind of in a really safe, stable environment with someone else that you can learn that with. 
it's really, really difficult. So you kind of have to learn by watching, you have to learn by outside sources, mm-hmm. and it can be quite tricky to... It can be quite tricky and quite time-consuming to find good sources for that. I mean, they are out there, but I can't imagine, you know, my husband at the age of 14 kind of going <laughs> and finding these websites and stuff like that. So he maybe he had no idea what to do with his first girlfriend, and I think mm-hmm. that's really, really common. Mm-hmm. I think it's really common with women as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, like I said earlier, it's like learning how to drive. Yeah, it's like learning how to drive. And it's different with every single person. And you know what? With me, it's different with every weekday. Mm -hmm. You know, what got me off a day ago won't get me off tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And it shouldn't. Yeah, no, (laughs) that would be boring. Yeah, it would be really boring. It would be prescriptive. Yeah. You know, it's not like a recipe for a cake. No. No. Wow, okay. Super, super fascinating and super exciting. Uh, Thank you so much, Emily, for for sharing all your amazing stories with us and and also, first and foremost, putting out an example of a young generation woman who is very liberated and knows how to run her own business. That's uh, at least you're getting thumbs up from here and uh, keep up the the good work and uh, to all the listeners thank you for being here and we look forward to uh, to the next episode of our podcast bye